episode 34 of the Human Hope Podcast. Welcome back, familia, to the Human Hope Podcast with your host, Carlos Enrique Wittiger Guzman, Archibald Cabello, or Los for short. Boy, oh boy, do we have a conversation for you today. I'm so glad that you guys have come back. Uh, I know I got some new listeners coming from the one and the only Travis Lyles, Instagram editor of the Washington Post's Instagram. That is who we're going to be talking with today. Uh, we're going to be talking all things journalism, all things media, all things. Is the media truly the enemy of the people? Uh, try, and listen, I don't hold back. I ask Travis the hard questions. You know, Travis, listen, you're a journalist for the Washington Post. How in the world do you deliver stories that are fair and balanced and not biased? Because you're a human. We all have bias. Listen, we, we get all into it, guys. And I can't wait for you guys to jump in and meet our guest this week, Travis Lyles. Let me tell you a little bit about Travis uh, before we uh, just take a, a quick snippet of a look back on this last week. Uh, Travis became the Washington Post's Instagram editor January 27th, 2021. He'd been at the Post for a few years before that. But Travis runs an Instagram account with 5.1 million followers. And he is a true journalist. Um, I've become friends with Travis over the last year or so. And I thought he was the perfect person to come in and answer some of your questions, which you asked over on my Instagram account. So uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be good. I, and I also feel like Travis is the perfect voice of a journalist that you need to hear. Um, you know, I, I was actually digging around Travis on your LinkedIn account. Yes, Travis, I dug into the LinkedIn account and it, I love, I love what it says. He says, um, curating information and informing people is what I have a passion for. And it's what he does. It's what he does with his team. He's got a team that run the Washington Post Instagram account. And so we're going to get in like into a really, I think, crucial conversation for many of us, because I would say that most of us would say, you know, say things like, I just, I just don't trust the media anymore. I just don't trust news. I just don't trust journalists. I just don't. I mean, I got into it with a, with a woman on my Instagram account today. Let's see if I can find it where she, um, I mean, she was, she was stating some absolutes, right? She said, she, she DM me. She said, this is a good example why people understand that media is an enemy of the people. I mean, she literally just said pretty absolute statement that the media is an enemy of the people. And then she told me to check out the undercover videos by, I won't name the Instagram account. Um, she said, they are the enemies of the people. I said, and I asked her, do you know any journalists personally? She said, in my city, yes. I said, would you consider them to be the enemy of the people? And then she said, oh, no, it's not the journalists. It's the media corporations. They're the enemy of the people. So, you know, then, it, you know, it started going like, you know, pharma pays the bills and a couple other things, you know, like I was getting a lot of the talking points that I hear a lot of the pundits talking about. And so, of course, I ended the conversation because what, what I want you guys to get today is no matter how much you do not trust the media. And listen, there are lots of media that I do not trust, but I don't think media is the enemy of the people. That's an absolute statement that I don't think can be said. Now, I, I don't want to steal any of what Travis talks about today, but I do want you guys to know that there are, I would, I would assume more than not hardworking, honest people that went and got into journalism for the sake of helping people. And just, just like somebody cannot say that most police officers, because we got some that are bad, most of them are bad. No. I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I don't believe that to be an absolute. I don't believe I can say police officers are the enemy of black people. I, I, I can't say that. Why? Because that's an absolute statement. That's not true. So when we say things like the media is the enemy of the people, you cannot say that because the media, what, what, what does that even mean? Anyway, what, where we get to today, well, I'm getting fired up already having to start a conversation with Travis, but where we get to today is I want to help all of you on the entire spectrum because I believe it's fair 
I believe it's fair to, to because there's going to be people on both sides of whatever issue it is where you can think, no, that media company is destroying my grandparents and my parents' um, direction. It skewed them to where we can't have a relationship anymore. So you get frustrated with that media source. Then you got other people going, no, 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 no. My son has now, he won't even talk to me anymore because he believes everything this media source is telling him. And oh my gosh, it has thwarted his mind and his passion. And he's just believing lies of soul fake news. So we're not, we're not pointing fingers at a certain media company here. I wanted to bring in a journalist that I trust that has integrity, that has character, and that I trust with everything. So if you trust me and I trust him, I'm hoping that you will just trust him in a conversation and you'll just allow yourself to listen, to understand when Travis speaks. That's it. Um, I normally do like a, a, a weekend review here, but I, I think we're going to hop right in. Listen, go back on my Instagram. I, I went surfing, almost died. And then I'm, I lived and then I became a surfer. It was awesome. I had a great week, but I want to, I want to dive right into the conversation this week. I want to get right to it because we've got about an hour of conversation with Travis that I believe is going to give us hope that we can trust again when it comes to factual news sources, strictly bringing us unbiased reporting, knowing that there are humans that are doing the reporting that have life experience that they still push aside in order to bring us facts. Oh, there's a long sentence. Maybe some newspaper or news agency can just take what I just said and put it on the wall because that's really what we want, right? We know everybody's biased. We know everybody has feelings. We know that it's not like we have robots reporting, okay? <laughs> Everyone is going to, like, you got to know this. Everyone's going to have a bias. But I believe that people, humans, can be journalists and can place those biases aside. And I'm seeing through what Travis is doing at the Washington Post, true journalism happen. So friends and familia, please welcome the number, what I believe is the number one social media curating journalist out there, the head of the Instagram team for the Washington Post, a journalist himself, Mr. Travis Lyles. All right, Human Hope fam, I am with my friend, Travis Lyles. Travis, buddy, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing I'm doing amazing. We we talked about doing this uh, a while ago when you were in Nashville and we met up over at Ladybird Taco uh, and and hung out there for a while. And I can't remember if if the Insta Familia was raising money that day or not. Like I can't remember if it was what what was out or if we were just hanging out. Yeah, I think we were just hanging out. Um, okay. And I, honestly, I think Ladybird might be the best tacos in Nashville. Um, I, and did you try I some other ones? Twice. Oh. Uh, okay. I did try. I did try a couple other places, but I mean, I think Ladybird might take the cake. <laughs> That's so good. I agree. I am the unofficial mayor of Ladybird. I call myself the mayor of Ladybird just because uh, I, I have family that works there, and so you know, I'm I'm there quite quite often. But yes, their tacos are incredible, and you know, I, I just had a good time hanging out with you and. Um, you know, I think, you know, we, we've, we've gotten to know each other over Instagram, just kind of like as, uh, not like as Carlos, the author and as Travis, the journalist, I think we just kind of connected and I'm like, oh dude, I like this guy. And, and we've, we just kind of, you know, sparked a friendship. And while we were in there, I think it was the first time I, you know, was this post Tony, uh, the piano guy or, or pre Tony, the piano guy. This was post Tony. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, I think we had shared. Um, so obviously we saw Tony's story blow up and then, um, I think I, I said something to you on Instagram about it, um, and said that it was in the works for a story at the Washington post and that we had yeah. shared it. And I remember you posting the story on your story and saying, where are all you people coming from? 
And I was like, uh, it might be from us, Carlos. <laughs> yeah. Well, although what was funny was that, that you had actually, you know, like, I, like, I think I knew that you did something with Instagram with the Washington post. I, and again, you know, you, you just never know people these days, like kind of what they have. Right. And you're like, Hey, listen, like, um, I'm, I'm going to take care of people getting to know about the story. And I was like, okay, I mean, I don't even know what that means, whatever. Yes. And then when the Washington, I think you put it on a reel maybe or something and you guys shared it and yep. It may have been seven to 8,000 new followers in the course of like 12 hours that just came flooding in from the Washington. And I was like, wow, what, what does it feel like? And so for Travis to have this sort of influence just in his hands. And so, yes, by the time we met at Lady Bird Taco, I was fascinated by just your life and your, this season of life that you're in. What does it mean to run Instagram for one of the most well-respected news organizations on the planet? And I started asking you a bunch of questions. And then I thought, wait a second, this just doesn't need to be for me. I need, I need everybody, the human hope family, because you know, you are sitting in um, a profession that is, I mean, there is microscopes like never before on every facet of journalism. And you're just such a nice kind human that I thought, okay, you're the guy that we need to talk to. That's not going to be defensive, but that, that, that is going to, you know, answer with, um, integrity and, and let us, let us ask you some of these questions about journalism and what it feels like these days. And so before we get there, I'd love to get Travis, your, um, just your story on how you ended up doing, you know, being a journalist, like, like what, what was kind of your story and your rise into that space? Yeah. So, um, from the time I was a little kid, uh, I used to want to be uh, a sports center anchor. And so yes. I would get up at 6am, um, on Saturdays and my parents could tell you the story too. Um, and no one else was up in the house and I would watch from the sports center from the beginning until it went off at 12 PM. Um, and so I always kind of knew I wanted to be a part of the journalism world, um, and tell stories and be a part, uh, of something like that. And so uh, it ended up that TV wasn't the route for me. Um, it was part of Listen, my Listen, you got a face college. for TV, bro. Yeah, you got a face <laughs> for TV. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You're too kind. Um, and maybe one day it will be. Uh, yeah. But um, I, I felt like, you know, the digital space was um, something that I could really tap into. And and um, I felt, uh, you know, that reporting and, and and social media were really interesting. And so I started, you know, taking a bunch of classes on reporting, um, in college, um, and ended up thinking I wanted to be a reporter, uh, after school. And so I, but I ended up getting an internship in social media. And so that's kind of, kind of how I, uh, kind of segued into, uh, the social media landscape. Um, I still did some reporting, um, from time to time. Um, but I felt like we have, and I did then too, um, a lot of good, journalists that are reporters and writers and essayists. And I felt like the audience space um, and reaching people with our journalism um, was something that we really were still trying to figure out in big ways. Um, So fast forward, um, you know, I I got this social job at the Post um, and it was for running Facebook and Twitter at the time. Um, And so everyone on our team... Let, let's just, let's just for a second, just take that in yeah. running Facebook and Twitter at the time. What well, was this like, a, like maybe a secondary afterthought of, of the Washington post? Like, oh yeah, you know, we, we can have somebody just, just go over here and try to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a, t- a decent sized team. Um, and Facebook at the time, uh, was a major traffic driver, um, for us. And so we did have people, you know, running those accounts on a daily basis. Um, but it was interesting because I got to the post and I was like, you know, everyone on our team is doing Facebook and Twitter, but we also have these things that we called side hustles. And so yeah. like somebody did analytics as their side hustle. Somebody did uh, project work as their side hustle. And got then it. I didn't really know what mine was going to be. And so uh, this will tell you how much <laughs> social media has changed over four years that I've been here okay. um, and Instagram. Um, my boss comes up to me and he goes, you know, we don't really have like a sole person running this Instagram account. Um, you know, we have a decent following. It was like, you know, 600,000 followers, which sounds like a lot, but for the Washington post, um, at that time, like New York times had like 6 million. And so, you know, we had a fairly small account in comparison. 
Um, and I didn't really know what my lane was going to be. And, and so he goes, you want to run the account? And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. I guess. And so <laughs> I start, <laughs> I start and I thought, you know, maybe this might have some potential, you know, we'll see Instagram is a photo sharing app. Um, and so, you know, what's the future of news. And I really pon- started to ponder that. And, uh, you know, even Instagram at the time was, you know, kind of telling us this is a lifestyle app. Like, you know, we don't know what the future of news is going to be on Instagram. Uh, we don't know where you guys fit in. Um, and that kind of thing. And so my first instinct was like, well, people know us for news. So like, why don't we do what we do best? And so we started, we did a 180. We were posting, you know, beautiful photography. And then we started posting all news. And so, and so we were at the time, one of the first news publishers to like really lean in hard to that. Um, Even the, even the New York times, like now they post news, but it is like, it's from a beautiful photography angle of the news, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so we leaned into news really hard. And then I was like, there has to be something else that we can do to really uh, show people, you know, what the Washington Post does best. Right. And so I, I was talking to my boss and I said, you know, what if we like put, this sounds crazy, but like, what if we put text like on, on photos? <laughs> right, like, right. What if we, what if we put text like on a photo sharing platform? And now, I mean, if you look at Instagram, you know, that's like 95% of what the app is, but, um, you know, at the time it was something that no one else was doing. Um, you know, and it really changed the game for us. We started growing, um, the year before that, um, and this is all public. Um, we, I think we grew by like, you know, less than a hundred thousand followers in that year. Okay. And the, the first year that we started really leaning into, to news and text, um, we, we grew for three years in a row over a million followers a year. Wow. And so it, it really changed the game, um, in so many ways in the, in the fact that it became, it went from half of my job and three and a half years mm-hmm. later, I hired a team to, to run our Instagram account. Crazy. And so we now have four people working on the account on a daily basis. Um, the accounts, um, in the best shape I think it's ever been. And it's just been really cool to see where it started and and where it is now. And just, uh, the journey has been amazing. Yeah, no, that's, that's so cool. Um, man, so much there. What, what would you say as the leader of, of the team that's running the Washington post Instagram account is, is your guys's Instagram goal? Cause I'm, I'm assuming that the, like the paper newspaper and then the, Twitter account and like maybe everyone has, does everyone have different kind of goals in mind with, with what you're trying to um, get out in front of the people? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we are, um, you know, at the end of the day, a business and, you know, that is, uh, you know, part of what we do and, you know, growing subscriptions is a part of that. Um, I will say putting that aside, that's not our 100,000% goal. Okay. Our goal is to reach new audiences. Um, we feel like the Washington Post is doing um, the best journalism in the world, um, along with a couple of other publishers. And we feel yeah. like there's so many people that are never experiencing it. And so we think, you know, with our, um, our size platform on Instagram, we really have a chance to, to reach people who you know, maybe you've never read the Washington Post, you know, yeah. I've never, you know, seen our photography, seen our videos, um, you never really experienced our journalism. Um, and, and overwhelmingly our audience on, on, um, on Instagram is, you know, more diverse, um, um, than our, our natural audience. They're younger. Um, and, and the demographics, it, the demographics of our audience on Instagram are so different than, um, than our traditional, um, subscribers and our right. traditional readers. And so we just think it's such an important audience to, to really reach. And, yeah. and also I think one thing that gets overlooked is that, you know, at the end of the day, everyone I know that got into journalism, got into journalism to help people. Right. We see our work on Instagram and all of my colleagues at the Washington Post see our work, um, as being able to make the world a better place. Um, helping people stay informed, um, helping people really understand these complex topics. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, deciding whether to vaccinate your child that's yeah. you know, under 12 or, or, you know, whatever it is, or, um, you know, 
how you are going to, you know, are you going to buy a house? Are you going to stay in an apartment? Um, all these choices that um, come up through life, we feel like, um, you know, we have coverage of all that stuff and, and we feel like we can really help people, um, you know, be informed and make better decisions. Yeah. You know, um, hearing you say, oh, oh, two things come to mind. I don't want to forget the first one. So let me, let me hit this one first. Um, when, when, when you're talking about, you know, Instagram as, you know, journalism and people may be thinking, well, well, wait a second. Like, um, is Instagram really journalism? Like I, I have an idea of what journalism is and can, can, can you just, you know, let us know like what, what, what does to you journalism defined as what you're doing on Instagram? Like, like define journalism on Instagram with what you're doing every day. Yeah. So I would say, first of all, we're, um, now that we have a full team, we're creating, uh, original content that you might not see on our site, at least initially, um, or, you know, it's starting on Instagram and migrating, uh, to our site. So we're, we're creating original content that, um, you know, our journalists that are, you know, reporters, um, aren't creating themselves. And so, uh, I would say that, you know, that's obviously, uh, that's journalism and, and, yeah. and storytelling, um, in a lot of different ways. Um, but I would say, you know, with what we take from our site and translate over to Instagram, um, you know, we're making journalistic decisions on all of those stories. We're okay. deciding how best to format those stories so our followers can get the most out of them. And yeah. you know, I tell my team with every piece of content, we have to think about the user. We have yeah. to think about the person that's going to uh, to see this content and, and think about the impact that it might have on them. Mm. Um, and when we really make those decisions, um, those are the decisions of a journalist. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, is a real, the best thing for this type right. of story is right. a, is a carousel post breaking down this, this really complex story. Um, you know, the best way to tell this story. Um, and really thinking outside the box about how we can create the best experience for people yeah. on the platform. Uh, I mean, that's as, that's as journalist as it gets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think one thing that I, you know, really appreciate the, about the post that we've translated to Instagram is, um, you know, you always say, you know, walk with people. And yeah. I think our storytelling, um, it really does a great job of, of zeroing in on people, um, and and trying to, uh, you know, help people empathize with people that they've, you know, maybe never met. Um, you know, like the, the overarching issue, um, you know, might be the opioid crisis, for example. Mm. Um, a lot of our stories don't start with that. They start with, Hey, this is Tessa. She's 42. She has three kids and she's struggling to pay the bills. Wow. And I think like translating that from our site and really making that impact on Instagram is something that, you know, we've been able to do at a high level. And I think, yeah. um, you know, if that's not journalism, I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah. No, that, that is, oh, I love that. No, that's, it is. You guys do a very good job out walking with people. Um, and, you know, I, I would say the second question that comes out of the last little bit that you said is, um, you know, you talk about how every journalist gets into journalism to help people like that. That's, you know, that, that is, that's why I think that's why people get into anything, right? Like, like we want to help, we want to help people. And as somebody that has been in the, the digital space uh, of journalism the last few years and watching it and then watching, watching people start to say things. And I think I teased this on my Instagram earlier today when I was saying, Hey, I'm going to interview my friend, Travis. He's a journalist. Uh, he's the enemy. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, cause you start to see a lot of people starting to say, Oh no, um, media and journalists are the enemy of truth. They're the enemy of, you know, uh, now, now I'm going to just kind of get personal with you for a second. And because I know you, I know your integrity. I know your heart. Um, I know just what a good human you are trying to help people. How do you process that? How does your team process that? How do you guys still every day while you've got so many people bashing just your attempt, uh, attempt at journalism, um, how do you guys walk through that every single day and continue to do what you do? You know, Carlos, it's really hard. Um, yeah. And I won't even 
I won't even pretend like I have it the hardest um, sure. out of this newsroom. Uh, there's reporters that get, you know, hate mail on a daily basis. Um, but, um, you know, one thing that's just so disheartening about, you know, saying we're the enemy of the people is that we're not the enemy of the people. We are the people. Yeah. We are people just like everyone, everyone listening to this podcast, everyone who, you know, follows us on Instagram, um, subscribes to the Washington post. Um, we're just like them. And so, you know, what I've really tried to do, um, to cut through that noise on Instagram is just make myself available. Um, because I felt, I felt the divisiveness and I felt the hurt that people were, were commenting on our posts. Um, and it was coming from somewhere. And Mm. I felt like a lot of it was because they didn't know any journalist. Um, and, and, and maybe, you know, because they don't know or don't realize that, you know, we're people too, or maybe don't, they don't think about it. Um, and so I, I started being active in our comment section, um, you know, dropping information in the comments saying, if you you, have any questions, you as Travis would be active on Washington post, um, you know, commenting with people to be able to have conversations. Yeah. And so, um, so I drop, whether it's information from stories in the comments, or I say, Hey, if you have any other questions about this story, like DM me, um, I'm sure as you know, Carlos, like large accounts, we get thousands of DMS a day. Oh yeah. And so we just can't check them all. Um, right. and so I'm like, if you want to, if you guys want to be heard, we want you to be heard. Like DM me, I will answer every single one of your DMS. I will contact you. I'll get you in touch with whatever reporter you want to get in touch with. Um, and if you have any story tips, like, let me yeah. know. Like, we want you to feel like you're a part of this Washington Post community. Oh, and so good. Honestly, like, when I tell you it was a game changer, like, I mean, so many people were like, I've literally never spoken to a journalist in my life. Yeah. Like, the fact that you, yes. the fact that you took the time out of your day to, like, say, hey, we appreciate you. Like, let me know if you ever need anything. Like, like yes. Game changer. and, and like, I'm just so happy that I started doing that because I felt like we were going into this 20 and it was, I'd started doing it during the pandemic, um, early on. And I felt like there was just like this, this need for, and want for information. People were just like, you know, people, I mean, it was a new virus at the time. People didn't know what was going on. Um, and it just felt like the country was like tearing itself apart in a lot of ways. And I just felt like the way that people, the way that people can connect is when other people jump in and say, Hey, yeah. I'm a person, I'm a person yes. just like you. I go home yeah. and pay my, pay my rent <laughs> just like you. <laughs> right. And, you know, I hope that, you know, you know, that, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to keep you informed. We want to help you, mm. um, you know, We'd love you to buy a subscription, but you if you don't ever buy a subscription, that's great. Yeah. Um, we just want to be here as a resource um, yeah. and, and and show you that we're people too. And show you that we're people too. Isn't that just it? We want to be seen. I think you guys are going to be surprised where this conversation goes in just a minute with Travis as he talks about being seen and seeing others. Uh, but before we get there, let's talk about being seen ourselves A lot of times we don't feel seen by those around us because we're in broken relationships. And one of the best ways to be seen is in therapy. You guys know this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. And again, I love to think about therapy as routinely taking care of our minds and our souls, just like we would go for preventative care with our doctors or holistic functional doctors. We want to take care of our bodies to prevent injury and disease. We want to do the same thing with our minds. Going to therapy is exactly doing that. Routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. Okay? Going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're reinvesting in yourself to keep your mind healthy. So listen, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your Therapists, So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So why invest in everything else and not your mind? 
This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Human Hope listeners get 10% off of their first month at betterhelp.com slash human hope. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash human hope. Now back to our conversation with Travis. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I mean, I, I nobody could see it because this isn't on video except for just you and I, but I literally jumped out of my chair when you said, you know, nobody had ever thought, talked to a journalist. Like th- th- there it is, right? I mean, I, I uh, right. and we'll get to some of my questions from uh, some of my Instagram audience in a second, but so many people are saying things like, you know, why are they always lying? Like, like that, this is what they're saying. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Who is they? Okay. Like, 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 right. like they is an idea. They is not a person. And so, you know, to walk with people, the fact that you are choosing as a journalist for the Washington Post to be like, hey, DM me. Let's let's have a conversation. Follow my account. Get to know me as a human. You know, during during all of the unrest last year of George Floyd, and you know, everybody was like, you know, either defund the police or you know. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization that's trying to dismantle the unity of the family or whatever. I, I was always asking the people that were on both extremes, like, are you friends with anybody that is going to a Black Lives Matter protest? Well, no. Are you friends with any police officers that are actually out there? Well, no. Okay. Are you friends with any journalists? Listen, Travis wants to be your friend, people. Like, you're hearing right. from a human that's breathing that hurts that desires to see change done. And I just think it is so, so important what you just said. For sure. And, you know, it's funny. I guess it's not funny, but um, my mom still will read some of the comments, some of the, some of the negative comments and say, I just want to jump in there and say something yeah. like, mom, it's okay. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I can handle myself. Um, I'm a professional. Um, yes. But it's just another reminder. Like I have a mom too. You yes. know? Like she's yes. sitting at home and she's thinking about me and, and worried about me. And, uh, you know, it just, you know, we're all people. And at the end of the day, you know, we're not that different. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's so good. We we need to make your mom a a shirt, you know, a hashtag journalists have moms too, or, or, or journalist mom. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. That that. is no, I I love, I love that you jump in the comments. I love that you, you know, that you do that. Um, what, what do you, what do you see as, um, where, where do you see journalism going? Like, like we've kind of looked at the past, like, like, where do you see kind of the future of, you know, and th- I mean, this could be, this may be a hard question, but I wonder since you've seen so much change in just social media and, you know, how you're able to deliver, uh, do you, wh- where do you see it going? And then maybe do you feel like whatever trust issues are people may have right now with journalism do you, do you see that growing wider or do you see a way to make that maybe uh, get a little smaller? Um, I, I, I'll answer a second question first. Sure. Um, I, I really hope so. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, anything like that, um, you know, I think with, um, you know, the right, the right moves and, and the right amount of effort, I, I think that that can, that distrust in the media can be, um, I don't know about totally reverse, but sure. I think that that can, can go down. Um, and I think, you know, it goes back to what I was saying. I think, you know, we just have to, to really just, um, you know, put our people in front of people. Um, yeah. and, and really, and, and it's not even just like that one-to-one connection, like get more reporters on camera talking about their reporting. Like uh-huh, uh-huh. you could read, you could read a byline and say, I don't know who Joe Smith is, but like, right. If I see Joe Smith on the on the camera or on the in the video, like I'm like, oh, Joe, like right. I, you feel like that you have a connection yeah. to that person, and so I think we as journalism outlets need to do a better job of of being more visible. Yeah. Um, and it's and outlets like you know um, that are t- television outlets obviously have an advantage there because right. they are all visible. Yeah. Um, and so, whereas you know you might know Jake Tapper. You know, yeah. you might not know one of our star reporters. Sure. And so I think we have to get people on camera more. Um, and, and, and that's, a, that, that'll be a big step. Yeah. Um, but I also think we really have to think outside the box about how, 
Um, and this kind of goes into the next question, um, what's the future? Um, how can we best, and we think about this a lot already, but how can we serve our audience and, and best serve them going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we get and how can we get our news to them and our most impactful journalism to them in an effective way? Yeah. Um, and, and it's changing all the time. And I think when we get better at that, it's going to help build trust. Right. Um, but like podcasts are a great example. Yeah. Like so many people get their news from podcasts now. Um, when I started in journalism six years ago, podcasts were, were not even really a thing. Um, or they were a, a smaller um, entity. And so, you know, podcasts are, are a boom right now. And so it's just really interesting to see the development of how people continue uh, to get their news. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like, for example, we have a new newsletter out called The Seven. And it's basically what we call uh, a newsletter of briefs. And so okay. it's literally like seven headlines. Each of them have two bullet points. That's it. Yeah. But like, it already has like, a ton of signups and it's just really interesting to me because like, you know, whereas we might not have thought of that before we realize mm-hmm. that like people spend like 30 seconds on a story. And so yeah. if we can deliver that, you know, the main headline, the main bullet points of the story to them and, and kind of give them that in a, a really uh, concise way um, yeah. that's valuable to them. And, you know, and that's what will snowball into uh-huh. what we hope. Um, and I think the whole journalism hopes is um, building of trust. Yeah. Yeah. So is that, that's an actual newsletter, like an email newsletter? Yes. Okay. And you can also get it texted to you, which is, oh, okay. you know, okay. a new thing. So yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love the whole podcast thing too, because does the, does the Washington post have a podcast, like a daily news podcast yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so we have, we have a couple different podcasts. Um, we have a podcast that comes out, um, in the afternoon actually. Oh, okay. Um, and so, uh, That's so cool. yeah, uh, we've really built out our podcast, um, a podcast repertoire. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I know like the New York times, um, is doing a lot with podcasting and a, and a yeah. couple other places. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. So it, this is something else we talked about, um, at Ladybird taco. Uh, I was, I was talking about how the, the difference between, like editorial and opinion pieces and, and and maybe what what people would be looking for as like fact-based news uh and and you you had mentioned yeah i mean we've got we've got you know opinion writers that uh, that write for the post that are way left we have some that are way right we have some that are right down the middle can you can you i think this is very important can you explain to people the difference between kind of those different ways of communication that they're going to find uh, on various platforms of news. It doesn't just have to be Washington post, but how there are opinion pieces and, ha- and what the difference is. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this is, this is a crucial topic and I'm, I'm yeah. glad you brought this up um, because I think, you know, there's three real buckets, right? There's okay. news coverage and then there's opinion and then there's this whole other thing that no one really claims, which is called misinformation. Right. And so <laughs> you interact with all these types of things on social media um, and being able to identify them um, is crucial. Wow. And so I will say one, um, you know, I think each of us as not, not as me as a journalist, each of us as people, when we interact with information on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we have to be detectives in ourselves. Okay. Um, and that's even if, you know, someone that you love shares something. If yeah. my dad shares something on Facebook, I'm not like, oh, this is facts. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, dad, where'd you get this from? Um, not that he has a track record of, of uh, <laughs> Hey, listen, Travis's dad. We're not, we're not throwing you under the bus here. You're just the demo. Okay. You're the demo dad. You're the demo. You're the demo. Um, but yeah, you should be skeptical of anything you see on these social media platforms. You know, is it an, is it a website you've heard of before? Um, you know, maybe it's a website you haven't heard of before, but they're, you know, factual. Um, you know, people ask me, for example, about Axios all the time. Uh-huh. They're like, is Axios like a good outlet? I'm like, they're doing amazing work. Yeah. They're just like three or four years old. Yeah. Um, and so I think we have to be detectives in ourselves. Um, and it, it, when I say detective, it can be as easy as doing a quick Google, yeah. um, and saying, okay, where, what outlet is this? Like, where, yeah. 
am I getting this information from? And then once you get to that point and you see, okay, this outlet's legit. Um, so, so, so first of all, then, you're saying to be yeah. the detective on just where the information is coming from, not necessarily the information itself. Well, I think once you, re- once you figure out, you know, if the site is um, credible, I think then you can make that next step. Okay. And so, um, once you realize that the site is cr- a credible site, like say it's an, say it's an article from the, from the New York times, um, then you can say, okay. I think this is credible, credible information. Now let's figure out, is it opinion? Is it news? Mm. Is it a review? Um, and so the great thing about outlets like New York times, the post, um, you know, major outlets, um, we try to make it as clear as possible. What type of article it is. Okay. The post, for example, has like big gold letters off on the top of all of our opinion articles, opinion. Um, and you know, are, we have these things called transparency tags that say, um, you know, analysis, review, perspective, um, yeah. and we try to use to to use those to to really give readers insight on the type of piece that it is. Okay. And so, you know, I think, long story short, I think that um, you know, really realizing what type of uh, you know piece it is is key to really understanding the difference between um, a news piece. Um, and an opinion piece. I will say like, you know, opinion pieces, um, you know, are are obviously people's opinion. Um, (laughs) but I think they do play a a major part in, in the commentary of, of the news. Um, and I think, you know, they, they play, uh, you know, they're super important because, you know, whereas a news is telling you, um, you know, what happened an opinion piece can really help you shape, um, your personal opinion on something. Yeah. And so I think, I think they're both, you know, super valuable. Um, That's good. but I think, you know, once we really figure out, uh, you know, how to tell the difference between them, yeah. um, that's when we can take each of them for, for the importance that they're worth. Yeah. That's a great, and I, I could freaking talk and talk to you about this forever. This is, no, this is so, <laughs> so good. Okay. So tell me this then, um, obviously as a journalist, um, is it you know not naming any not not naming any other uh, news sources, but but is there a frustration maybe from you as you look at the landscape of of news and journalism when you start to see um, some uh, maybe news sources not declaring that there is opinion slowly creeping into those news? You see what I'm saying? Like 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 how does how is how is that? frustrating that has to be frustrating coming from somebody that who wants to have integrity in their journalistic expectations because i feel like a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast are like well wait a second like you know i i hear what you're saying travis but i used to think you know 10 years ago i would watch blank and i would feel like i was getting news now i watch blank and i feel like it's not news anymore you gave us the three buckets there's news there's opinion and there's misinformation i feel like it's somewhere between opinion and misinformation now. So, so obviously keeping it as wide and, um, as possible here, what, what are your feelings on that? What everyone else is feeling? Cause you, cause I'm sure you're, you feel those things too, because you're not only a, a journalist, but you're a human that, that partakes of news as well. Yeah, it, it can be frustrating. Um, especially when, and I mean, it's the thing is like those type of, of shows, um, yeah can be very tricky at times. Mm. Um, like they'll lead with news, like actual news, and then they'll go into an opinion segment and it, you won't even realize it. Um, and so, you know, as a, a journalist, um, it can be really frustrating um, because, you know, when people take that opinion or that, you know, between opinion and misinformation as the news, yeah, um, it distorts what we're reporting. Yeah. Um, and so, I, my advice to people is that, um, you know, if you hear something that, well, first of all, if you hear something that, and this is very straightforward, that sounds like an opinion, it's probably an opinion. (laughs) Um, and, and I mean, that sounds simple, but like, it's just so true. Like if, if you, you know, there's a difference between someone reading the news and someone giving a take. You're right. And, you know, I think it's pretty distinguishable most of the time. Um, but you know, I think you know nine out of ten times, if, if it sounds like an opinion, it's it's an opinion. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, another thing is, uh, you know, these people that go back and forth, um, on these topics, um, if something feels like it's a red flag to you, like if they're going, like speaking on the news and then they kind of dive into the opinion space. Um, if something feels like a red flag to you, like I would encourage you just to, you know, take the time to research it. Like, you know, if you're watching one of those shows, you probably are watching that because you want to be informed and it doesn't hurt you to go the extra mile to be more informed. And and worst case scenario, you find out that that person is, is correct. And that, you know, they're what you thought was an opinion was an actual, uh, bit of news, but Mm. A lot of times you'll probably find out that, you know, they were talking about something and adding opinion into it. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, like I said, you know, if you're watching a show, uh, you know, where you think might be diving into that space, um, I would encourage you just to take the time research. I mean, it only takes a quick Google, um, and you'll feel so much better, um, about, and you'll feel so much more informed about the topic. Yes. Uh, you need to put that on a t-shirt. If it feels like an opinion, it probably is. You know, I, I, I just, I, <laughs> right. think so, I think so many times we, we're, we're just so inundated with so much and we're just like, oh, I, don't, I, I wonder if I can trust this guy as news. And it's like, well, did he say, I feel, did he say, I think, I mean, that, did she say, right. you know, you know, I, I feel like the, the second you start hearing those words, you know, oh, okay, I'm watching an opinion show. I'm watching, you know, like right. it's, it's not just delivering the facts to me. Um, that is so good. I, that is so good. Yeah. And I'll just add something real quick. Um, you know, anytime someone talks in absolutes, like all Democrats are doing this, all Republicans yes. are doing this, like that's almost always an opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can guarantee you like almost like <laughs> 99.9% of the time opinion. Yeah. Um, and so that's a red flag. Anytime someone's speaking in absolutes. That's so good. You can trust that it's an opinion. Yes, that's good. That is so, so good. This, I don't want to say you're, you've been my favorite guest so far, but I mean, this is, this is so good because it's so needed. This conversation is so needed. So if you wouldn't mind, Travis, can we, can we get into some of the questions from the, the Insta fam that, that I, um, now the questions are not coming from Carlitos anymore. They're coming straight from the mouth of the Insta Familia, which you are part of the Insta Familia. A lot of these people already love you. Somebody actually uh, said, just let him know. For some reason, whenever I see him post something, I read his first name as Travis Lee. <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> the, the way that it, the way that I it's on there. <laughs> I love that. So, you got some fans coming in. Okay, so nice. I'm, I'm just going to start asking... Um, uh, some of these questions. Now, before I get to the Insta Family questions, let's have 60 seconds for our second show sponsor, Chime. Now, listen up. I don't know about you, but when my online checking gets a little bit low, the last thing I need is that $33 overdraft fee. I need to let you know that in 2019, traditional banks took $11 billion in overdraft fees. That's just, I mean, overdraft fees, that's crazy. Chime does things differently. It's an award-winning app and debit card that has saved its members, which is me, more than $10 billion in overdraft fees. Now, the $10 billion wasn't all mine, but they do it with the Spot Me Fee Free Overdraft. That's right. Eligible members can overdraft up to $200 on debit card purchases and cash withdrawals with no fees. So listen up. Now, you deserve to have financial peace of mind. Join the millions of Americans already loving Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. That's huge. Get started today at chime.com slash human hope. That's chime.com slash human hope. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases and cash withdrawals. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $200 by Chime. Chime members overdraft fee savings based on eligible members. Use of Spot Me versus $33 average overdraft fee. Overdraft fee data based on bank rate, checking account survey, and CRL June 2020 overdraft fees report. Now back to the show. Here's a question from 
um, Matt Bunk that I think a lot of people are going to be asking. And I see a bunch of people asking. It says, how does he, or I would say your team, suppress personal feelings while writing or delivering a story? That is a great question. Yeah. Um, you know, because obviously uh, every journalist thing, has an opinion. And so, right. you know, and how are you keeping experience? Yeah. You have life experience. Um, you know, I think, uh, at the best is journalist realize that we have life experience. Um, and we are still able to be fair in a story. Now, I think the difference between, you know, journalists will talk about being objective versus being fair. Mm. Um, I think all journalists should choose to be at the end of the day, fair. And if we are fair to our subjects, fair to whoever the story is about, yeah. we've done our job and we've done good journalism. Um, you know, obviously we've all been through different things, um, in our life. Um, you know, this is just an example. Um, you know, maybe there's a journalist that, um, has had alcohol abuse in his yeah. or her family. Um, that's a life experience. Um, but that doesn't mean that journalists can't also write about someone with empathy who abuses alcohol or who right. has a past of alcohol abuse. And so that's really what, how I think about it and how I try to, to tell my team to think about it. Um, you know, embrace your life experiences, like no matter what the Washington post cannot change who you are. You are that person. Right. But, but we all have a job to, to, to be fair to, uh, the people that we are, you know, reporting on posting on Instagram about, and, and we really, uh, you know, still have the ability to have empathy for them. And it doesn't change our perspective on who they are, um, or anything like that. Um, and you know, we shouldn't have to, at the end of the day, change, um, ourselves. That's so good. Great, great answer on the spot reporter, Travis. That was good. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. How about this one? Um, this person wants St- Stephanie Jake X Ness wants to say, um, response to people. She wants a response to people who claim media is all fake besides saying something like that's dumb. Like, like how, how do people that, that, you know, trust what you're saying, uh, and what the Washington post is doing or what some news outlets are doing respond to people that the people that say, Oh, all news media is fake. You just have to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Um, I would ask, you know, first of all, like, why do you think, um, you know, all news media is fake? Is it, um, because, you know, we reported on someone, um, who you might have, that you might respect or, uh, might have voted for politically. Um, and you didn't like what we reported. Um, is it something that, you know, you, uh, you know, disagree with that, um, was in our reporting, um, you know, what's the basis behind why you think, um, you know, we're fake. Um, I think a big, big misunderstanding is that like, you know, we will not tell you exactly what you want to hear. Like, that's not (laughs) our job. (laughs) Um, but we will tell you the truth. Um, and, and what we believe is the truth and, and I can promise everyone listening to this, that like we go to the ends of the earth to find out the truth. Um, and so I think that's something that I would respond with. I would say, you know, we probably told you something you, you didn't like hearing. Um, but like, unfortunately, like telling you things you don't want like that you want to hear is, is not the media's job. Um, you know, our job is to to help you understand the world to, uh, you know, to find and uproot corruption, um, to really, uh, you know, make the world a better place through our reporting. Um, and some of those things are, are things that, you know, rub people the wrong way. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, that's just a part of, of of the news process. Um, and so, you know, I would say, uh, you know, if there's, if there's something that you, you read, um, from a news outlet that, you know, you didn't like, um, or, you know, it it was something about your favorite candidate that, you know, you made you want to think of them as fake news. I would say, you know, it, it, it like give them, uh, you know, I would say, you know, put that aside, um, and really see if it's, you know, 
if, is it something that you didn't like hearing or is it actually not true? Yeah. Um, and think about it that way. That's, that's really good. I, I love that. And you kind of leaned into this a little bit. How does, um, like, what does fact checking look like? I think a lot of people will have this question. What, what does fact checking look like? What's that process before delivering a news article on Instagram or uh, other ways of delivering articles that you've done before? Yeah. So everything that we do, uh, goes through multiple rounds of, of editors. Um, and so, you know, everything obviously starts with like a story idea with a reporter and an editor. Um, you know, the story starts forming, um, it goes through a, a round of, of line edits and, and eventually a round of, of copy edits, um, for the, for the bigger stories, um, you know, our managing editors and executive editor, um, also read them. Okay. And so there's so many rounds of edits that, you know, we believe by the time they get through those rounds of edits, like everything in that piece, um, is solid. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the aspect of, of writing stories. Um, the aspect, uh, and I guess I should say fact checking stories, uh -huh. um, fact checking claims. We have a whole team that like fact checks claims. So like Biden says something Our we have a fact checker team that is researching his every word and basically determining, you know, whether he said something that's not true, uh -huh. um, or, you know, maybe it might be true. And we do the same thing for every single president. Okay. Um, that's another thing I'll say real quick. Um, you know, people say and said, well, you guys were so hard on Trump. Yeah. Um, and you know, the funny thing now is people say, well, you guys are so hard on Biden. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and you know, the way I see that is like, you know, obviously we're not trying to be hard on anyone. Right. Yeah. We are just trying to get to the truth. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're the Washington post. I mean, um, you know, we hold our, we believe our job is to hold people to account. Um, and so, you know, if that is seen as being tough on uh, a politician, um, yeah. You know that's part of our job, um, but we're not going out of our way to to uh, publish harmful information about them. We're yeah. we're just trying to get to the bottom of it and get to yeah. the truth. No, that's good. I love it. So important, you know. Uh, and and I'm reading. So I mean, gosh, it's it's actually this is a great case study because I would say over fifty percent of these questions have to do with bias. Everybody is just so concerned about how people remove right. political bias, you know, from reporting. And I know you leaned into the question just about, you know, lived experience. Um, but, but I, you know, let, let's lean into that because so many questions are talking about that. You know, I think everyone sees things as left and right these days. You know, how, how do people keep their political uh, bias out of storytelling? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Everyone and even reporters are going to have political views. Um, we're human. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. part of our existence. You're not um, robots. But right, exactly. Um, and but I believe that, you know, as journalists, um, you know, we take up this you know, almost, you know, oath to, yeah. you know, put that to the side when we're doing our jobs and, and report the facts. And, and like I said earlier, um, you know, we're always aiming to be fair. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and at the end of the day, if, if we get to that point where we can say this is absolutely a hundred percent fair, um, yes. and, and, you know, we put that natural human instinct aside, um, and we do our jobs, um, you know, that's great journalism. Um, yeah. and so, you know, at the that's end of the good. day, I would just say to put it simply, you know, we understand it's our job and, yeah. and, and, and when we, you know, are doing our jobs, um, yeah. you know, that that's, that's what we're, we're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and so, um, it's that simple really. Well, yeah. And you know, and, and I think people need to understand too, and I'll, I'll put this in here and this is my little asterisk that, that 
just just because you follow people that talk about politics on social media does not mean that they're journalists, right? Like, like, like I think people need right. to realize that you know political pundits that have accounts that are that are putting out their own opinions on stories. I think we're, sometimes we lump all of those people into the same people that you're that that you're with, you know, and it's just not the same, right? It's so hard because <laughs> I mean, I don't want to call anybody out, but there there are some network networks um, that will have a panel of eight or nine people. Yeah, three of them will be journalists, you know, three of them will be politicians, three of them will be pundits, and yeah. it's like it's <laughs> at the end of the day, I think it's so harmful. Yeah. Um, that's for, good for just viewers. Um, yeah. because you know, somebody who's never watched that channel before could look at them and say, Oh wow. Nine reporters. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. <laughs> like there's three reporters and That's good. And it can really distort things. And yeah, and I just, I mean, you know, I wish they would stop doing that. Yeah, so. no, That's good. That's good. This is a great question. Um, and I think you can answer it very simply because I think people have an idea as to like pressure from, um, sponsors for the con, you know, to, to have clicks. So the question is how much pressure do they get from their corporate sponsors or whatever to tweak things to target their audience? Like, is there, is there pressure about, you know, like, Oh my gosh, advertising dollars and yada, yada, yada. What, what, how do you kind of balance that? No. So, um, you know, obviously like, like any other business we have, um, you know, advertisers, um, and that kind of thing. Um, they have no effect on anything we do editorially. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't even, you know, hear from them really as a, as, um, as a newsroom. I mean, obviously like there are campaigns, like we had a climate, um, so we have a, a package of stories that we publish called, uh, climate solutions. Yeah. Um, and they're sponsored by Rolex, but like Rolex has no say in Got what it. we're doing storytelling wise. Okay. Um, and so another, and another example I will say is, um, you know, people always ask about, you know, how much say, cause we're obviously owned by Jeff Bezos. Yes. Um, and people ask, well, is, how much say does he have, That's so good. um, you know, in the editorial space of the newsroom. Um, and like, you can ask anyone from the executive editor, um, on down to, to our team to across any, ask any part of the newsroom, um, you know we write stories about Amazon all the time. Um, right. you know, we just wrote a story about blue origin who he also owns, um, you know, about the culture there. Um, and so I would just say, you know, to people asking about that specifically, um, you know, he, he never comments on anything, you know, we're doing editorially. Um, and, and we report on Amazon, um, and blue origin, um, and whole foods, uh, just like we would any other company. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I actually did not know that he owned the Washington post. So that's, yep. that, that's, that's, that's good. You know, that's, that's just great to hear, you know, cause there, there's always going to be an owner that owner's always going to vote right. for somebody. People are always going to know that. Right. I and mean, you can, you can have that conversation. Somebody actually says, uh, no question. Just thank Travis for the hard and necessary work from a former journalist. So that's pretty cool. Wow. That's yeah. always great to hear. This person says, no question, but Travis is only the second news person I trust. So you're wow. like, people already out there, man, trusting you, you know, I love it. Uh, a lot of, a lot, please thank him. It's not fair what journalists are put through, but his job is so um, important. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, just so many, I, I think you've really covered it, man. I, I think you've really covered, especially people just want to know. I think that, that bias is you know, taken, taken out of it. And, um, and I love, I love the whole oath thing, right? You know, I, I think of an oath that a police officer takes and, and I think, you know, of when they take that oath, there will be a few police officers that go back on that oath, but most right. police officers will not. And most police officers are there to do their jobs and to help. And I, I would say we've got to start looking at journalists the exact same way. Like you can't just doubt every journalist. They are doing this because they feel called to do this. You are doing this to because you feel called to do this. And would you say that that's a fair comparison that, that we need to like look at you guys in the same way as you take that oath? For sure. I mean, obviously, you know, different jobs and, 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 uh, and that kind of thing, um, in different ways, but, uh, you know, two very, very 
difficult jobs. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, I would say some of the more difficult jobs of the 21st century. Um, but yes, um, you know, we, we take it, you know, very seriously. Um, and you know, it hurts all of us. Um, when we see, you know, people call us the fake news or, you know, really, you know, go against, uh, you know, the first amendment or freedom of the press. Um, and, 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 you know, that really, really hurts, but, you know, we, we continue to push forward every day, believing in, believing in journalism and believing that it has the power to still to this day, um, and going forward, change the world. Um, and, and not only change the world, make people's lives better on a daily basis. Yes. Well, it's, it's what you're doing. Um, you know, and I just, I, I just couldn't be prouder to be your friend. And I, I, I think I told you before, but I, I, I can't wait to watch your influence continue to uh, grow and expand. And for everybody that's listening to this, if you want to follow somebody that you can trust, you know, don't just follow the Washington Post, follow Travis, you know, on, uh, and he'll talk to you. He will, you know, he, he will do his best hit, you know, his platform's growing too. So he maybe can't get back to his every, everyone as fast as, as he used to be able to. But uh, I just, I just appreciate the integrity of what you do. Um, you being willing to come on here and, and answer some of these difficult questions, you know, uh, I think is just so honorable. So thank you, brother. Of course, man. Thanks for, thanks so much for just sharing your platform. Um, you know, I had some people uh, message me before too, and just say, you know, tell Carlos, thank you, because uh, how he's used this platform to change lives is incredible. So d- you're oh, doing d- amazing things too, my brother. Thanks brother. This has been awesome. Round of applause for Travis Lyles, the man, the myth, the legend. Travis, that was so good for my soul. Thank you, brother. I'm so proud of you. I'm going to keep praying for you because I believe that God's going to continue to expand your territory because we need more people with character and integrity up in here letting us know what is happening in the world. Friends, if you enjoyed the podcast, I would please ask you, to rate, review, and subscribe to this show. It really does help me. If you're brand new from the Washington Post, if you're brand new from Travis's account, I'd love for you to subscribe to the show as well. Just hit the little plus sign on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. It really helps me. And give me five stars if you guys wouldn't mind, if you love the show, and five stars if you don't. Nonetheless, I love you guys, and I'm so grateful that you allow me to bring you a little bit of hope with my fam that I bring in as well. Travis brought us a lot of hope. I got I got hope for the future of journalism. I got hope, and I believe you guys may as well. We got big stuff coming up, and only a few episodes left until we take a little bit of a break for the holidays, so make sure you're tuning in every single week as we release another episode of Human Hope. Fam, I'll see you next week, Thursday. Tune in for Human Hope. Peace.